The apricot is on the decline. After grossing just over $33 million in the United States in retail sales in 2017, according to the Produce Market Guide, the fruit fell by over $4 million in retail sales the following year. Despite being the national fruit of Armenia, the apricot's origin is not without controversy. It is often considered to be a product of Armenia, but there are those that argue that traces of the fruit go back to China 1,000 years before Christ walked the earth. If that wasn't enough, a 1992 Netherlands-based dictionary to gardening offers the hypothesis that the apricot derives from India another 2,000 years before it was claimed to be discovered in China. The downfall of the apricot directly contrasts with the career of Alex O'Connor, the Hampshire Englishman who took on the Rex Orange County persona. After the SoundCloud release of his first album in 2015, O'Connor caught the attention of Tyler the Creator, and the two soon began collaborating on tracks for Tyler's fourth studio album, Flower Boy. In between his first album and his collaboration with Tyler, O'Connor released his second record, Apricot Princess, in the spring of 2017. Apricot Princess is as unstable as the fruit that it is named after. O'Connor implements drastic tone and tempo changes throughout the record as he calls out his demons of grief, loneliness, and existential dread. And for that, Apricot Princess is an art school album. Don't you worry, don't you, don't worry, girl. No, I'm not sure if I'm into you. The last time that you checked, I was probably so sad and my guest today, someone that's voice has been heard on this podcast before in an uncredited role of an idea that I quickly abandoned, not because of her performance, but because of my own uh, creative decisions. But I am so happy to finally have this person on in a guest capacity. Welcome to the show, Emma Waitman. Emma, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing so good. It's so good to be here. Um, For those of you listening at home, I did set this up when I drunk dialed Case because I missed him. This is true. Emma hit me with one of those, uh, one of those sentiments that I feel like I get quite often, which is a, I didn't expect to miss you as much as I did. And it was very heartfelt. The rambling paragraph that Emma gave me, I feel like we strengthened our friendship a little bit. And Emma, in a sense, booked herself on the podcast, and I am not going to tell her no uh, when she was so uh, demanding about it. Case, it's called being a businesswoman. Oh, you're a girl boss, yes? I am a girl boss, correct. Thank you for acknowledging that. I, look, there's nothing I love more than a girl boss that likes to get work done with those clap emojis. Now, Emma, we are coming off of a pretty big stretch for you musically between the One Direction anniversary and a new Taylor Swift album. I take it music has been treating you pretty well lately. Case, I have to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm not that hardcore of a Taylor Swift fan. I thought you were. That's the reason I brought it up. I thought that was canon, but apparently not. I it's it's canon that I like her and that I'll support her, but I don't. I haven't actually listened to folklore in its entirety yet, which is why when you texted me like, "Hey, don't do folklore," I was like, "There's no worries for me to do that." But the one D ten year anniversary, I must say, that was big for me. Um, I did go to a coffee shop that day with a couple of my roommates, and the baristas in the coffee shop were playing one direction songs and i put my hands on my knees and just like had to take a minute and when i got up to the counter they wished me a happy anniversary and we just vibed so that was huge 
That is lovely. I'm glad to see that, you know, in this in this new normal we're in, Emma, in this rapidly changing world, we can still have some civil discourse and we can still have humanity among people. And when somebody wishes you a happy anniversary on a random July date in 2020, July you know, 23rd, July 23rd, July 23rd, you know exactly what it means. And that is, that is a world that I'm comfortable living in. As for myself, I have not listened to folklore either. As of the time of this recording, that is because the vegan straight edge band eco strike put out an album that day. And I got caught up in that talk about album of the year material. Emma, by any, by, any chance did you happen to catch that eco strike album ace i'm telling you right now i have it but after this conversation i will listen to it in entirety probably before folklore and i will let you know my thoughts oh there's nothing i would like more when we talk about artists like taylor swift or as you have stated one direction i take it just given uh the fact that you are a woman in her young 20s that those were maybe some foundational artists for you am i correct in saying that and who were some of the bands or artists that you grew up listening to so i grew up my parents are a little bit older so i grew up on the beatles on the rolling stones um i was actually almost named layla because my mom was pregnant with me when they went to an eric clapton concert and i kicked the whole time <laughs> Um, especially during Layla. So they were like, maybe we'll name her Layla. And then they also loved Lyle Lovett. So it was almost Lila, but then they picked Emma. It's just all white girl A names in that regard. But that was what I grew up on. And then obviously you find your own in middle school and my own was One Direction, of course. Um, and then I kind of went through a phase where I wasn't as into music. My whole high school, I wasn't very into music. And then Around my junior year of high school, I found Amine, who's very formative for me. He's on my water bottle. Um, if For those of you watching at home, I have a sticker of his face on my water bottle. And that kind of segued me back into being passionate about music. So now I listen to many things. I was actually telling somebody earlier that I have the music taste of a frat boy who has gotten his heart broken. Well, that is... A fantastic way of describing yourself. I think it's good to be that in tune with one's mind. Emma, you said you didn't listen to a lot of music in high school. You strike me as the type of high schooler that might unironically and kind of enjoy listening to NPR at the age of 16. Is that true? I had a lot of friends who did. I can't even make this up. I had a lot of friends who did. I didn't really listen to NPR. I was more into... I would just listen to the same stuff or uh, I was very big into Parachute when I was in high school. Is Parachute a band or a sound that I'm unaware of? It's a band. Uh, it's a band. They have, like, if you've heard Kiss Me Slowly. Which, which I like, have. All of my, yeah, it's it's anybody who was on Tumblr in 2014 that, like, hurt you a different way when I said that. Um, it was just very much, like, girl who like sat in the back of the math class and like just you know the debbie ryan hair tuck it was very it wasn't emo girl because it wasn't emo music but thank it was you. like sad girl hours yeah for sure well thank you hard. thank you for the clarification by the way that saved us an entire 15 minute segment so you are doing <laughs> yourself a favor there emma you've been known to keep it weird you grew up in portland you now go to an art school in chicago has the geography of your life influenced the type of music you listen to at all for sure um amine is actually a portland-based rapper or he grew up in portland now he's in la so i've heard the diss track that he's released about my high school just saying 
because he went to a rival high school. Does so he have specific? Does he have specific beef with your high school? Was there anything he pointed out in said song? No, but when I met him, because I've met him before, uh, I he asked. I was like, I'm from Portland too, and he went, "Girl, what high school did you go to?" And I was like, "I went to Lincoln." And he was like, oh, I hate Lincoln. And I was like, I hate Lincoln too. Like, I don't do cocaine and my parents aren't doctors. Like, I promise it's not, <laughs> like, that's not where I'm at. Normally a dangerous question for a rapper to ask a young girl, what high school did you go to? But I'm mm. glad that this had a, a positive ending. I was 18 years old when he asked me that as well. I was a freshman in college. So, and then I sent my mom photos of me meeting him and she was like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And I was like, I know. Emma, another great uh, – it sounds like a big day for you. Uh, I, I know throughout maybe typically the fall season, you have a lot of big Saturdays because, Emma, you are a woman who likes sports. Yes, they exist uh, as a society. As a society, Emma, we live in a society, and these types of people need to be recognized. Emma, do you have any specific go-to jams for a non-pandemic college football Saturday? What makes the atmosphere the best possible atmosphere? So, Case, thank you. I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, I am an avid Washington State University Cougars fan, and there's some lore, there's some, like, local lore around WSU where they have really attached to the song Back Home by Andy Grammer. And a little-known fun fact about me is if you play that song while I am under the influence, I will cry and then watch the Washington State homecoming video that's just a big song for them so that really like gets me in the mindset of like go Cougs. but then anything off of Amine's first album or I do listen to a lot of Post Malone uh, I do listen to a lot of Childish Gambino anything off the rap caviar playlist on Spotify which is so embarrassing <laughs> for me but I'm a largely into a lot of that so just stuff that you know makes me think a frat boy is sitting in his little frat basement feeling a little emo about that is what I listen to case I do listen to juice world so I have no issue with juice world I actually find a few of his songs to be quite enjoyable I'm glad you mentioned the rap caviar playlist on Spotify because today we are talking about the artist Rex Orange County and in my initial research process I noticed that he can be discovered on such Spotify playlists as bedroom pop in all the feels. Emma, I have to ask you, first of all, does Rex Orange County pop up in your all the feels playlist? And also, I know you have to have a melodramatic title for said playlist. What is it? What is your Sad Boy Hours playlist title? And what's on the playlist? Case, I have a couple. I have a few different, I have a few different brands. So I have a playlist that's just like love songs and it's called for occasional simping Mm. and And we do simp on this podcast we do well you do i do not simp anywhere except for this playlist um so but that has a couple rex orange county songs one of which we'll be talking about uh later it's stickamore girl and i i just think that's the perfect song about being in love and we'll get to that as we unpack it further uh, I have Happiness on there. I have Sycamore Girl. Um, I have a couple other Rex Orange County songs. I think I have Corduroy Dreams on there, which kind of doesn't make sense. But anyway, um, yes. And then he's also on my, so that's my like, I like a boy like playlist. And then I have a couple um, breakup playlists that what? he is. 
I know. Who, me? <laughs> um, I have a couple breakup playlists that he is featured on. And then I have a playlist, actually, we'll get into this, about my grief. Because the reason why Apricot Princess is such a big album for me was I found it right after my grandfather had passed away. And the first half of the album, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here. No, but please the first go ahead. The album is like, ah, I met a girl. And like, wow, like the world's kind of confusing. And I'm like, I'm optimistic. And then there's, in my opinion, like a hard line. And then it's like sadness and like grief and being confused about the world. And when my grandfather passed away, it was about two weeks after I had moved across the country from Portland to Chicago. And I knew five people total here. And he was such a pillar of support for me. And I love talking about him now. Like, it doesn't make me sad to have a tattoo honoring him, et cetera. But when I moved out here, I hadn't had a community yet. And so I really leaned into like this album specifically. So he is heavily featured on a playlist that I have called It's Okay to Be Sad with a little angel emoji. That is truly touching. I think a lot of the music that has discovered our freshman years of college is stuff that will weirdly resonate with us until the end of time. I know for me, I listened to a lot of Bell and Sebastian my freshman oh year. Uh, one of the great bands of all time, a band that somehow, somehow, and I am so irresponsible, I have not discussed them yet on this podcast, but when I hear the song Sleep the Clock Around by Bell and Sebastian, I put myself in the Columbia College Chicago Library at the desk I sat at all of freshman year, and even with two and a half years of hindsight, Emma, it makes me feel pretty good. So I'm yeah. taking it you discovered Apricot Princess, the album we're discussing today, by Rex Orange County, the album that came out on April 26, 2017. I take it you discovered it maybe a little bit after it came out. Yes. So I discovered it in September of 2017. And actually, it's funny that it was released in April because my grandfather's birthday is in April. So I discovered that literally as we speak. Um, but yes, I discovered it pretty much after, not immediately after he passed away, but a song on it, Never Enough. No, 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 not Never Enough. Nothing came on, uh, just like on shuffle, on a playlist. I think I was listening to like a Tyler, the Creator playlist and Rex Orange County works closely with Tyler, the Creator a lot and nothing came on and I was listening to it and it really reminded me of my dad, which is funny. And just in that, like, that's how my dad, he had a, like, how I feel like my dad would act in the situations that like nothing is describing. Um, it just really reminded me of like my dad's childhood or my dad's teenage years. So I was like, Oh, I should check this guy out. Like this sounds really good. And then I heard the song never enough. And and then I heard waiting room and then I just burst into tears. And those are two like later songs on the album. Um, and to this day, television so far, so good is my favorite song in the world. And fun fact, I think Caleb soul has been on this podcast before. He has. Yeah. One time it was just him and I sitting in a room and he was in charge of the ox and the first couple bars of it played and he skipped it and then it got really quiet. <laughs> and I turned to him and I went, did you just skip television so far so good? And he went, I was going to see if you noticed. <laughs> and I totally did. Um, Cause that's what, like that is my favorite song. Um, yeah. When I found that album, uh, I did a lot of walking to the bean my freshman year, just by myself, trying to figure out how to be a person, which is, I feel like a lot of your freshman year of college is trying to figure out how to become a person. Specifically but while when... walking alone, I've noticed something I did a ton yes. of that year as well. A lot of headphones on world off moments. 
Yes. So, and I wanted my world to be off because I, in, at that time, like my world had died. So I was like, I don't know how to form a new one. I don't know how to, you know, make friends when I'm, you know, if somebody who I've just met in class is like, oh, hey, like, what'd you do last weekend? And I had to be like, nothing because I was grieving and I didn't know how to, you know, figure out college parties or whatever. Cause I also didn't want to drink at, Ooh, I shouldn't drink illegally. Don't drink illegally. If you're listening to this and you're underage, when you're a college freshman, you're invited to gatherings where illegal substances such as alcohol might be offered to you. But I wanted to be really careful about not crossing a line and not, you know, I was tap dancing around a lot of different feelings, especially like being excited to be in a new place and being excited to start this huge chapter of my life. And this album really like built a nice little cast around my backbone and like helped me stand up and walk on like a normal person. I listened to it nonstop for many, many, many months. And then today to like prep for this, I re-listened to it because I hadn't listened to it in order. I genuinely think since I was 18 or 19. Um, so I was listening to it in order and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember being so heard. Like, I just remember feeling so heard. <laughs> I am sitting here thinking about all of the parties that I did not go to my freshman year of college. And quite honestly, I think I made the right decision, but Emma, let's, get into, all right, let's get into the album, Apricot Princess. Like I said, it came out April 26, 2017. It's 10 songs in 39 minutes, which on paper is a very comfortable length. And we kick off with the title track, Apricot Princess. Emma, how do we feel about the opener? I'll be honest, not my favorite song on this album. Um, I don't, I would say... This one and Rain Man are, in my opinion, like the two, they didn't need to be there, which I think is funny that this album, this is the titular song of this album. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've liked it more, but when I heard it, it was a skip song for me the first couple times that I listened to it. So I listened to this song, and, and I should note my experience with Rex Orange County, I knew he existed. I had definitely heard a song or two, but the idea of knowing any Rex Orange County work prior to last week when I started listening to this album for the podcast, I was simply unaware. Put on this song and was immediately concerned about the next 40 minutes of my life because I knew... I, I didn't know exactly why you had such a strong emotional attachment to this album, but I knew you had one, and I was like, I am just, I, she's going to leave me no choice. I'm going to have to rain blows down upon this album, and I don't want to do that. But I Because you don't want to make me cry. <laughs> not on this podcast. That would be bad audio. It would just, it wouldn't yeah. be ethical. But, I, you know, I, I think When we things... hang out, you can make me cry. Anyway, it's 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 always a possibility. It is always a possibility. Emma, you did send me a text when we were planning this album. And that text reads, there's going to be so many opportunities to tease me about my obsessions with this album. Obviously, I am a big tease. So, Emma, please give me some ammunition that I can fire off as we go along on this process. I mean, I think a lot of it is just it's I'm going to just go ahead and give you permission because a lot of the emotional attachment I have to this album is with my grief. However, I do think it's ridiculous how much I like it and how like deeply it's hit for me. So like there are certain, like the transition between some of them or like even transitions within songs, I get so 
like instant serotonin, instant serotonin, which is just ridiculous. But a lot of it is like a comfort thing. So I just want to give you permission to like not because I make fun of me being sad all the time, especially to this album, because when you listen to it, it doesn't scream like sad girl hours or like grief or anything. It's actually like a pretty optimistic album, but just a lot of the messages that were weaved in lyrically hit me in such a particular way. However, Apricot Princess does not contain any of those messages. I certainly don't pick up on the idea of grief on just the surface of the album. I think that's an emotional yeah. attachment that has to be brought into it. However, a relatively attractive man doing vague R&B is very yes. in the the vein of sad girl hours and listening to it. I was like, oh, of course. Of course Emma likes this. Like, this makes total sense. That's not exactly. even a bad thing. It just makes sense. Television track two, television so far so good. You said it was your favorite song of all time. Is that correct? Yes, it is my favorite song of all time. The transition between television and so far so good because they're they're not the same. They're the same song, but they're two separate you know, sections. And I actually, for my 21st birthday or my Christmas present, like this most recent year, I got a concert ticket to go see his tour for his next album, Pony, which has already come out. And I would highly recommend listening to that as well. Um, but he played them in an opposite order. So he played so, he played so far so good. And then he played television and it was it blew my mind because <laughs> um, he played the transition. He be, like, he started the transition and then played so far so good and then played television. And I was like, what are you doing? I, I cried the whole time, the entire concert. That was going to be what um, I was asked. Cause I knew you had seen Rex Orange County. I was going to ask if you had yeah. cried. Thank you for just taking that question off of the table. Where did you see him? Um, I saw him. At the, oh, at, at the Aragon, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like it would be a fun, I mean, Rex Orange County at the Aragon sounds like a fun show. And I'll tell you right now, because I know you're curious, I was one of the oldest people there. I um, wasn't necessarily wondering that, but thank you so I can properly chart the demographics later on. I'm going to tell you right now, so many Rex Orange County fans are 16-year-old high school girls, and... If that doesn't sum up the other half of the music I listen to, I don't know what will. Uh, to the point where I was not planning on drinking or buying alcohol at that venue because it's really overpriced and I wanted to remember every single second. But I bought a beer simply because I wanted to feel as old as I was because I was just surrounded by 16-year-olds. There were people with braces. And I was like, who drove you here? Like, did your mom like drop you off and then is she like sitting in a starbucks parking lot for the duration for her to drive you back to like fucking vernon hills like it was horrifying to see all of these like tiny tiny teenagers and then i made friends with a girl who was standing next to me because we both had alcohol and she was like oh thank god someone else who's here of legal like drinking age like this oh my god and i was like i was just thinking that 
That's uh, I'm I'm glad to know that if I ever find myself at a Rex Orange County show, that I I at least need to be prepared uh, to be surrounded yeah. by a sea of young people. That is that is good to know. I will say for the song, the transition into "So Far So Good," the slower part, the more melodic part, does mm. absolutely nothing for me. Not a fan of the latter half of the song. The first part of it, however, television with the big drums and this this fun, like almost spoken word level chorus. I found it to be very interesting. I liked that a lot. This was the song that gave me hope of like, okay, I haven't made a a, a horrible mistake yet as we break down this album so television for me gets my full recommendation i think just the the first half of this fell a little bit more in line with something i would typically listen to it's a little more upbeat up tempo it had a nice energy to it emma i do have to ask because uh very rarely you have seen me handed the ox cord there's always a a deadly transaction could you describe what you think the music i listen to is um, anything Morrissey, anything endorsed by Morrissey, um, anything that someone good. who, anything that someone who listens to Morrissey would <laughs> listen to, um, I don't feel like I would ever catch you dead at like a sleeping with sirens concert. Uh, Actually, maybe sl- I would. Nah, sleeping with sirens are a bunch of posers. I don't like any of those warp tour bands, but yeah, I, that's, I, like, yeah, I probably I like acts associated with them, but I don't like them. I think there's a thin line for you of like stuff that wouldn't necessarily be on Warped Tour that like to people like me who are just grossly uninformed might think would be on Warped Tour. You'll listen to that and then line and then anything on Warped Tour with the exception of like maybe three bands. My favorite bands are bands that were asked to play Warp Tour and turned it down. And I think that no. is a, that is yep. a good litmus and test for if no. I like this band. Yes, exactly. Emma, we move to track three, which is nothing, which features uh, oh. guest vocals from Marco McKennis. Emma, yes. a uh, a slow R and B jam here. One that is just not necessarily the style of something that I would typically listen to. And unfortunately for me, the presentation and the production of it didn't necessarily sway me in thinking this was all that great of a song. But I think judging from the fawning that you just did over the mere song title, I think you feel differently about this. So I'm going to tell you a couple things up front. Number one, the production on this album, not as good as his next album. I will be honest. However, a lot of this album definitely radiates like indie film boy who like you're sitting in his dorm room and he's like I've been hurt before you know I'm aware that that's the brand of this album um no I do not wish to comment on (laughs) on how many times (laughs) you've been in that situation on how often that has happened to you (laughs) exactly um I will not be taking questions at this time however part of the reason why I feel like nothing gives me like sad boy hours not like, okay, sad B-O-I. Like, I should specify sad boy in this scenario is gender neutral. But what gives me specifically indie film heterosexual male vibes is because I genuinely feel like if this was a song when my father was 17, he would have been like, uh, I do that. Like, he would have been, he would have, because I played it for him and he was like, oh yeah, like, I've been there. And I think because I found this song before I had entered the world of dating 
that's why I was like, this is associated with my dad. That's an interesting roundabout there, but I see your logic to an extent. I think th- I think that if my dad could have gone to art school and been an indie boy, he would have. Mm, yes. If that makes sense. No, so, that like, does. This is, the only, this is the only track on this album that like gives me such a strong like vibe for that. However, the entire album, I feel like if I was sitting with a guy who was like, well, like this is my music taste. Like you, I'm sure you don't really know him though. Like this guy's really obscure. Like I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm, I know that's what this is, but nothing is very apologetic and is very like, I don't know where I'm at in the world. Like, I'm so sorry kind of thing. But it also talks about wanting companionship and like wanting you know, someone to just sit next to you and be sad with you, which is a very indie film boy thing to do. Just sorry to all the indie film boys listening. Oh, and there's plenty of them. Um, just for future reference, Rex Orange County is, according to Spotify statistics, the 488th most listened to artist on their platform. You are not making a discovery uh, or some groundbreaking new artist if you are no. listening to Rex Orange County. It's fine that you are, but don't pimp it as like you've never heard this guy before. Well, that's the thing that pissed me off about the concert that I went to was I was like, I know all of you 16-year-olds have only heard Sunflower and that's it. And then you're like scrolling through, you know, whatever. Like he's not obscure. He's very well known now. And when I found him, he was still a little bit well-known. He still wasn't obscure. I've had friends who've been listening to him since his first album, which is even less known, except for, like, a couple songs off of it. But, like, he's not an undiscovered gem. He's, like, out there, you know? Emma, I'm glad glad you're gatekeeping Rex Rex Orange County. This is huge. I mean, I will defend him until I die, Case. He's just a tiny, scrawny British boy who I guarantee I'm taller than. (laughs) So I will, I will protect him. I will protect him until my dying days. Well, Emma, what follows is the song Sycamore Girl, and this features oh. guest vocals from a, a lady named Thea. Now, Emma, I have a little bit of a, a narrative and perhaps some detective work that I need your help with, because on March 30th, 2020, Rex Orange County tweeted both by and then fuck this. And this led to speculation on r backslash Rex Orange County on the Rex Orange County Reddit that maybe he and Thea had split, but others on the Reddit thread, which is still up there, had hypothesized that maybe this was just referencing Tiger King. So Emma, can you shed any light on the relationship status of Rex Orange County, Alex and Thea? And also, do you have any thoughts on Tiger King? This show is wild. Oh boy, do I have thoughts on so many of them. So first of all, it's, we know, I was about to say it's canon. I'll just (laughs) lean into that. It's canon that Rex Orange County, also known as Alex O'Connor, I think is his last name, O'Connor. Correct, yep. um, Alex O'Connor is like a very sad person and he has been through a lot in his life. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he had been broke up but i also know for a fact if they did he would try to keep it really private so like he's one of the artists that i'm deeply deeply invested in the work that they do and the person they are i don't really care about like the drama around him and you know me case you know that i love celebrity gossip but i do feel like he does a good job at keeping his personal life separate because it has been so tumultuous with like grief and 
just like transformation. If you listen to a lot of his earlier stuff, it does talk about like feeling so lost. And then he took a very large break, not a very large break, but he took a significant break in between albums because he was so sad and just felt really lost. And him and Theo were dating during that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they broke up. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was about Tiger King because when Tiger King initially came out, they didn't, they gave us a cliffhanger <laughs> and then they, they gave us another episode and I haven't even watched it because I'm kind of scared to, if I'm being totally honest, but it would be very like him to get attached to the Netflix show, Tiger King. I guess you got me where you want me girl. And I'm not sure if we should slow it down. I'm ashamed of the way that I've appeared But I promise I'm not gonna let you down Sycamore Girl, a song that did nothing for me, not one that I really enjoyed. Emma, her eyes just popped out of her head on the Zoom call, so I'm assuming she feels otherwise. Case, I mean... I haven't been in love, but I feel like I know what being in love is like when I listen to this song. I Maybe that's fair. I don't know. I feel like I need my love songs typically to have a bit of a country twang to it, but please go ahead. Well, I just, when I listen to Sycamore Girl, I just feel like I'm, I was about to describe a scenario that sounded like the Field of Flowers in Twilight, but what I'm picturing is not the Twilight scene, and I do not want that associated with Sycamore Girl. Um, but I just genuinely feel like Sycamore Girl is two people who are like, okay, like, we're ready to be in this together. Like, I'm so glad I have you. Like, you understand me. It just feels like a song about being understood. And I think mainly because I'm... I'm not a romantic person like at my core and anybody who's like talked to me romantically can attest to that. But I do think there's something to be said about like people who can communicate words like that better than I do. So when I listen to Sycamore Girl, I feel like I'm sitting under a willow tree, like with somebody who loves me and I'm like, holy crap, like maybe one day, you know? Emma, I think that's really nice. I, I, I hope you pursue that vision at some point, but I think may, maybe now uh, we are both in the stage of maybe an untitled, which is what follows. And I, I will say up front that I really enjoyed this song. It is Rex Orange County and his guitar. It's very simple. It's very sad. I like the line of, and I don't mind if you hate me, because baby, if I were you, I would probably hate me too. I think that's very uh. clever. I think that's very nice. I'm assuming this song pops up on one of your In the Feels playlist. Am I safe in assuming that? Oh, at least two of them. Because I have a couple different... How I name my breakup playlist, just for those wondering, is a word or phrase that describes the situation and then the year in which it happened. So I have like a Yep FML for 2017. That is, Untitled is, on that playlist. Um... So it's just like my, the line, I mean, it begins with, I make enough mistakes. So I think he, like, he criticizes himself enough and he's in a situation where everyone around him is criticizing him, which is so real, especially if you're insecure in a relationship, um, which is why it was on that playlist for me. Um, but I just think he does a lot of, 
uh, so many specific lyrics that just pinpoint such specific. Oh, I love him. There are times on this album where I think he diverts away from traditional song structure and, and abandons choruses and melodies. And I don't necessarily think, at least in this album, he is a song enough songwriter, songwriter rather. He is a <laughs> strong enough songwriter to really get away with that. But I think a lot of his lyrics are really strong in these specific moments. And I think Untitled is a very well-written song. And then what follows is this track, Four Seasons, which I think if you were to encapsulate Rex Orange County, at least in this album, with the sudden tempo changes, with the spoken word, with the singing, with all of the instrumentation involved, I think this is maybe the song that I would most associate with his sound, which... Given my thoughts I on this agree. album, given my thoughts on this album, not sure if it's good or bad. Even as we record a <laughs> song that left me a little befuddled, but Emma, where do we stand on Four Seasons? Um, I am pulling up the lyrics to discuss specifically. I love this song, as I love almost all of these songs. So it's just I'm a broken record in this regard. But I think it. I just this was. He says, I usually cry in the evening before I calm myself and start sleeping. And I'm asleep in because each weekend is like a Monday to me. So this song specifically is very much like he's going to throw some, you were totally right, like throw some spoken word in it. I think a lot of this album is him just wanting to get whatever's going on in his head and his heart out of him and just throwing it on a page. So it seems really structurally confusing or that it's it's not cohesive. It doesn't make total sense. But I think that's because he's coming from a place of writing it where he's like, my brain doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense to me. Which is why, like, that. I think that's why it resonated so deeply with me. Specifically this song, when I was, like, going through it, I was like, oh, this is great. And while this song specifically is about being confused in kind of a relationship like it doesn't get into the where i take personal like grief notes from yet i did it did feel important to me because as i was forming friendships and like forming closer relationships in chicago i started getting closer with people who like gave me that space to grieve and gave me that space to communicate and this song the very end of it talks about like all the things that matter or anything you're stressed about, just tell me how, just tell me why your day was good and love me after hours. So it's like, you can just come together with people and lay it all out there and just be, and it's okay to just be. I think that's, that's a very nice line of the song. Again, it's a a song that I think I just, I like certain parts of it and I sort of loathe parts of it because it's a longer (laughs) song. I'm a little, I'm a little confused on where I stand with it, but I'm glad that you have those positive memories associated with the song as for what follows which is waiting room emma i will let you know now i have a lot of positive thoughts about a song called waiting room maybe not this song called waiting room though emma there is a a legendary diy punk band called fugazi they have a song called waiting room are you familiar with this work at all no oh God, that sucks. Emma, I, I would actually recommend Waiting Room by Fugazi as as something to put on your Jock Jams playlist, something for Coog Central to listen to. I think it is an, an all-time great bass line that should be appreciated by more people. As for the Rex Orange County version of this song, A family reunion, I'd rather be anywhere but here. It's like a pain you shouldn't ignore. 
But my uncle's here to open the door And I don't like him This family reunion I felt so uncomfortable I lived They all decided to stay So it's just me and my mistake It's good I think it is a little a little static a little unoriginal uh with the with the instrumentation of it it reminded me of just a long list of these current male fronted indie and air quotes artists that all have this sort of clean guitar sound that is nice but maybe a little uninspired I take yeah. it though, just given maybe the nature of what the song is about, that it is one that resonated with you. Oh, is it ever? Um, I also, I just have so many thoughts that I'm trying to organize. It very much hit different is kind of the only way that I can put it about death and not knowing how to interact with your family because I don't know if my extended family will listen to this. So I don't want to like say anything off the collar, but we are not super duper close. And my grandpa was kind of the thread in between like my little three person family of me, my mom and my dad and our extended family. And so when Gramps died, there was a certain like awkward, what do we do now? How do we interact? So the line specifically our family reunion, I'd rather be anywhere but here. I didn't, I don't want to be like, I connected with that because I don't want to be at my family reunion. But just when I was thrust into like my grandfather's celebration of life was one of the strangest days of my life in general. But two of my very close childhood, like best friends from childhood who will listen to this. So like, hi, Allie and Lizzie, if you're listening to this, um, they came to the celebration of life. And it was strange for me to see like my chosen family and my blood family kind of in the same setting which was so sad for me to be at um so I do think a lot of it is about like confusion and like not knowing how to be I just I really resonated with this one about like not knowing how to be in the room with all of your family especially under the setting of someone dying (laughs) no I think that is entirely fair and I and I thank you for for sharing such a a heavy sentiment with the audience. I also do not blame you if you do not want to go to a family reunion. Those are stressful and often confusing. Just the idea yeah. of it. I I, I have a lot of uh, ever-evolving thoughts on family and what it means and whether or not we should run towards these people that we are, are merely related to by blood or if we should focus more time on the people that we relate to on a more human level. I don't necessarily have a good answer for that. I just do know that the concept of a family reunion is very strange to me. Especially in times where like political views are so uncertain. And I'm, I don't talk about it with like my extended family. We don't really talk about a lot of things, but right now I can understand if you don't want to be at a family reunion. And Emma does have receipts and she will clap back with facts. Is that correct? That's a really good point. (laughs) Uh, That's very true. But also don't, gather largely because we're still in covid times hey well said emma that is that is very good you cannot forget that we are in covid times you cannot forget about the instrumental rain man it's an instrumental Uh, emma do you have do you have any thoughts on this whatsoever i 
Love this album with my whole heart. Not sure why this exists. Because it's an <laughs> instrumental and it is a waste of an album space. That's that's what I say to that. But what follows yeah. is Never Enough, which I know that my connection to the song is that it is in the FIFA 18 soundtrack, one of the stronger installments in the FIFA series. I believe this was my introduction to Rex Orange County as I try to plot that map along in my mind. Emma, I have to say... I think this song is excellent. I could do a whole album of this where the guitars are a little bit more crunchy. Again, just like in track two, uh, television, the drums are really heavy in this. I think they push the song along. And I was very into the penultimate track, Never Enough. It's, I think it's a runner up for one of my favorite songs. However, I do cry whenever I hear it. Um, because I think of all of the songs, I cry many, many times just in and around Rex Orange County. It's one of the only things that I can cry to. Um, this song has the lyric and my old lady's old man just now left. And I see So it goes, you see my old lady's old man just now left and there's nothing I can say except this long awaited breast is a good thing and all good things must come to an end. And this song specifically to little Emma who is sitting by the bean so so new to Chicago I would sit there and just stare at the bean and cry and what I found solace in is knowing that I would not be the weirdest thing that somebody saw in Chicago that day that is however that is good logic for any incoming freshman that no matter what you will not be the weirdest thing that is seen in Chicago on that day I like that Emma you you will not be the weirdest thing somebody's seen in Chicago. But then there's other really good lyrics in the song, like when he's talking about how if their life was a movie, what would it look like? And he was like, and I would be Channing Tatum or somebody sexy, somebody cool. So I just think this is a song where he got to have fun and like be kind of funny and nod around being sad, but then also just outright say like, grief is hard. You feel like you're never enough. You feel like you don't know what's going on. The world feels like it's collapsing around you. But if this was a movie, at least somebody sexy would be playing you. Emma, if your life was a movie, what would it look like? Oh, I think it would look like one of those, like, comedic horror movies. A comedic horror movie? Here's why. Mm -hmm. A, I have fallen a lot of times recently. So, like, my knees are really bloody and scuffed. And I'm one of the clumsiest people I've ever met in my life. And I think that a lot of accidental, like, wackiness happens in or in or around me, um, whether that's, like, my own doing or just me being kind of tall and gangly and the universe being like, we can make her fall over all the time. Um, but I think it would be one of those – I think it would be a comedy. I don't think it would be a romantic comedy because I – while I would love the idea of romanticizing my life, every time I do that, I feel so silly and I feel like I'm too much like, you know, the bro girl versus simp girl. <laughs> I am aware of this feud that has lasted for centuries now. Yes. <laughs> the Anytime... bro girl versus the simp girl. Real quick, Emma, just in your own words, could you describe this heated, heated rivalry? So... How I look at it, Case, as a woman who supports women. All right. Is all right. <laughs> you can be like, I have many, many friends who are simp girls, and I have many friends who are bro girls. I think the perfect example of my own bro girl journey is I was getting ready to run to the grocery store before this, and I'm wearing a baggy sweater, and then I threw athletic shorts on, and I had these like mismatched black 
athletic socks and then I just chucked Birkenstocks on and I was like, I have my Dunkin' Ice coffee. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, yes, I was wearing a mask. What's up? Is the, I raised my hand uh, because I had such an important question for Emma to ask, or, or to ask Emma. Is the bra girl the more evolved grown-up version of the Visco girl? No. Mm. Um, Where do the Visco because... girls fall in this current landscape? I imagine well, it's really tough for them to not be able to take pictures in public with their oversized T-shirts and I... flask water bottles right now. Hydro flask. I know. I feel bad for them. The Visco girls are still in high school. Okay. Well, then that is enough um, discussion on the Visco girls. <laughs> I'll, I'll die on that hill. Um, but the bra girls are like, we don't really care. But then the sim girls like look really pretty. And like, I don't think they're the like, Hey girly, because I don't like that, you know, avenue or that like that being used to make fun of women. But I do think that the sim girls put a certain degree of like effort into their appearance or like effort into where they go and like how they communicate. Whereas bra girls like, I'll like fucking help you. Actually, I'm very weak, so I personally will not help you move like your large trunk. But like a bra girl would take your whole trunk and just throw it on her back and walk in. Whereas the sim girl would be like. Tetrising the U-Haul and like making sure that everything's going efficiently. You know, does that make sense? That does. That is that is wonderful. I'm glad to fully be up to speed. You were saying something about the uh, bra girl versus the simp girl thing before we defined it, but please go ahead, go forth. I let me see if I can remember it. It does seem like such a long time ago that we were just on the surface of this topic, but we dug so deep that now I'm afraid we might be six feet under and we can't recapture, think, we can't well, recapture it about, what it was. It was about never enough. Oh, it was like, oh, romanticizing my life. I can't romanticize my life because I'm too much of like, I'll fucking throw your trunk over my shoulder and plow into your apartment, even though I couldn't do that. I'm physically weak. But I love this song reminds me of somebody who's like, well, if you're going to romanticize your life, like make a joke out of it, which is very me. <laughs> Emma, maybe the romantic comedy in your life is that you learn to love yourself. Have you ever thought about that? Case, you and my therapist. <laughs> well, Emma, I hope you achieve happiness, which is how the album ends. It's track 10. I was reading an interview with Rex Orange County where he said that lyrically this is his favorite song he's ever written. Where do we stand on it? Because I will say real quick, I do while I have many thoughts on the song, I will say my positive thought first, which is that the line, but will you still love me when nobody wants me around? When I turn 81 and forget things, will you still be proud? I think that is his best line on the album. It is what he closes with. I think that is incredibly strong. Emma, where do we stand on the closer for Apricot Princess? First, first of all, you better believe this is on the for occasional simping playlist. You better believe this is on the occasional simping playlist. So I just, this is one where he's like, I know I'm really messed up. I know I have this demanding career, but like, will you still be here? And I think it's so beautiful. And I, while we're on the topic of my romantic pursuits and my self-love pursuits, I do feel very solid in myself. I should say, I know I joked about being in therapy earlier. But therapy's great for everybody. Everybody should go to therapy. But I do feel a certain degree of self-assuredness. So I can only hope that one day when the fella comes around, you know, <laughs> ugh, across his fingers, like, shakes around, you know what I mean? This song is so, it doesn't feel desperate. It just feels very, like, 
here is what I have to offer. Is this okay? Like, I just think it's so tender and beautiful. I think it is a a nice way to close out the album. I personally have become very bored by piano ballads. It's no longer a style uh, style of music that really ever interests me. So the song didn't do a ton for me stylistically. But I also recognize and understand that it is it is a very nice song, and, I, and I'm okay with that. There are virtually no written reviews of this album online. There's not a lot of numerical ratings. Not a lot of people have thrown stars on Apricot Princess. So I ask you now, if you had to rate this album out of 10, your review is now going in the record books. Where do we stand on Apricot Princess out of 10? Oh, 8.59. I think that's very fair. Would you like to expand on those thoughts at all? I don't think it's the perfect album by any means, but I don't think that we'll ever achieve a perfect album because music is so ever-changing. And also, like, it, you know, you like what you like. You dislike what you dislike. I think art is so subjective. So I'm hesitant to ever give anything a perfect 10. And this album obviously has a couple songs that aren't, it's not a no-skip album for me, I'll be honest. And I don't have a lot of no-skip albums because I do feel like I'm very hot and cold on whether or not I like things, and I have no idea why. But this album, I think, has a lot of gems that we appreciated, that we discussed. But I also think it has a lot of songs that, like, I, I like Rain Man. I Rain Man is a skip. Apricot Princess, the song, is a skip. I don't think it's the perfect album by any means, but I do think... He is a very talented songwriter, and I do love his music. Like, I do love the drums and all that, so. Emma, I want you to put yourself in the position of of where, just briefly, mind you, just put yourself in the position of where you were when you first heard this album. Think about how the album has evolved with you, and think about the people that you also saw when you saw Rex Orange County at the Aragon Ballroom. And now I have to ask you, Emma Waitman, who needs to hear Apricot Princess and why? A confused college freshman needs I, to hear Apricot Princess. I think because, that is perfect. Yeah, because like you're going to find it. You just don't know where it is yet. Emma, that is such a beautiful way to end what has been such a fun podcast. Where can people get in touch with you? What organization would you like to let people know about? Please, Emma, let the people know. Oh, uh, getting in touch with me is a dangerous proposition, hard. but I, I recommend it. I, yeah, uh, you can find me on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, etc., as Emma Wait Woman, because my last name is Wait Man, but many shit. So we're Wait Woman um, on Instagram and Twitter, and the organization that I would love to plug is Black United Fund of Oregon. They're doing a lot of COVID work right now because uh, Portland is very like complicated, especially right now. And I don't know what it's going to look like uh, when this album or when this album, when this episode is released. But uh, Black United Fund of Oregon is doing a lot of COVID aid and they just got approved for a really big grant. But I know that anything can help, especially when it's reaching out to Black and POC communities in Portland, which are needing a lot of help, especially because people don't think that they're there, but they are. Well, Emma, thank you for letting us know about that. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram 
at underscore case low c-a-s-e-l-w-e you can find the podcast itself at art school albums on instagram and i would like to let people know this week about read write library in chicago uh a, a wonderful collection of people that are archiving the history of chicago as well as doing uh, as well as doing some great work uh with everything that is happening right now covid related protest related read write library is doing a lot of great stuff so i er, i urge you to go in that direction and you can find out more about them at readwritelibrary.org. Also, because I brought it up at the top of the show, Ego Strikes Duel, a truth we still believe if you need a lethal dose of vegan straight edge. I, I hope you turn no farther than Eco Strikes, a truth we still believe, an amazing album. And with that, this episode of the Art School, pod, uh, Art School Albums podcast has come to an end. This has been Rex Orange County's Apricot Princess.